0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 152 of At Odds with Wrestling. Joe and Adam here. I'm moving my microphone. I apologize. Adam, how are we doing today?
1: I'm doing good, Joe, other than the fact that I worked myself into a shoot, as our good buddy Marcus would say, um, and I, I, I somehow got I got myself to watch more Chikara stuff, even though you didn't assign it.
0: Right, that's on you. So, uh, yeah, I was just recently on... Uh IWTV guide with uh Jayhawk and Charlie Butters. We were talking about Shikara High Noon, which is kind of like the prequel to the stuff that I've been assigning here on the show, just kind of sort of worked out that way. Um and yeah, I had fun talking about it. You know, I I have fun talking about wrestling, Mm -hmm. but it was having to watch that show um on top of like everything else that we needed to do, like the homework for this the movie for the Longbox Heroes Patreon stuff. But uh, the most important thing that I did uh, at the end of the show, I said, my goal is to get you and young Ed from Pod Van Dam on more podcasts. <laughs> so yeah. that's how you ended up getting on there. And I got messages from several people saying, like, what is Adam doing?
1: <laughs> what do you mean?
0: Uh, th- does Adam realize what show it is that he's like to watch? it's like nothing but long
1: maps well you know what the reason why i picked this one and uh charlie obviously invited me onto the show and uh he's like hey pick something out that's obviously on IWTV." and a lot of the stuff that i'm familiar with or that i was at or whatever are recent stuff and a lot of it we've assigned or i've assigned as show homework so my choices were i was basically suggesting to him one of two things Either this King of Trios 2015 Night Three, because it was the first and only Chikar show that I was ever at. Yeah. And I and I have not seen it since seeing it live. So I figured that would be an interesting thing. And the other thing I suggested was just to watch the micro show so that we can dunk on my commentary. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, Butters, would, uh, yeah, yeah, Butters being the nice guy he was like, let's go with the Chikar show. And I said, Oh, are you sure we're not gonna have too much Chikar stuff? You know, having Uh, both you on the show as well as me, but I get it. You know what? I I don't remember much about this. I'm looking at the card and I think I talked about this maybe directly to the boar. I I didn't even know the boar was on this. And then I'm looking at the card now and it's like, he, he uh, wrestled highly loveless. So I'm like, it's all like stuff that meant nothing to me six years ago, but I'm like, now that I have, you know, the perspective that I have me being like an indie wrestling expert now, um, I'm able to maybe give it a different thing. The only problem is like, I listened to your appearance on the show on IWTV guide and, you know, Jay Hawk would be like, okay, and this match was so-and-so against so-and-so. And this guy went over because of this. And then you would give this 10 minute, 15 minute long story about the backstory and the ins and outs and where that angle came from. So when it comes to my appearance, it's going to be like Heidi Lovelace versus the board. I'd be like, yeah, the board's tall. He's cool. <laughs> <laughs> you set the record for the longest episode. I might set the record for the shortest episode. We'll see.
0: That's, I, I think that's going to have to be about like my nickname whenever I go on podcasts anymore. It's like, Joe, it's the longest episode we've ever had because of you when you don't shut the hell up, you know?
1: <laughs> well, it didn't feel long, Joe. I'll tell you that. It was a good episode. Good appearance.
0: Thank you. Thank you. I, I lived it, so I'll never know, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: I'm not, I'm not allowed to listen to podcasts that I appear
1: on. I, I as well. I have adopted that mentality. I used to, I used to make sure I'd listen to him a couple times just to bump those numbers, you know, but uh, oh, okay. <laughs> now I learned you can just click download and it does the same thing.
0: Right. Exactly. <laughs> like, I don't, and again, this is a terrible say. But I don't care if nobody listens to this show, but as long as you just download it, that's really all I care about. That's not <laughs> actually really all I care about, but again, let's just say on the air, that's all I care about.
1: Yeah, that's your, that's your kayfabe response. So what, two weeks from now is when you're going to be on? Uh, I Let's see, it's the Monday the 30th. Oh, yes, okay. Mo- Monday the 30th.
0: All Sorry. right. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, it's been, you know, typically more times than not, I don't watch those full shows after I'm part of them. And obviously my experience is going to be different than yours mm. um, because you're, uh, you know, there as a spectator and more times than not, the shows that I'm picking, I was there as uh, a, a paid contributor in some way, shape or form, you know?
1: Yeah. But yeah, I, and I'm sure I'll say this during the podcast appearance, but I, I just remembered the only notes that I got from Todd going into it is to say, it's Leonard, not Joe. It's Leonard, not Joe. And ah. I, I mumbled, that, mumbled that to myself the entire time walking into the venue.
0: <laughs> Luckily, Leonard F. Chakaritan got hit by a bus, so it's okay. <laughs> it was for the best.
1: And now, At Odds With Wrestling presents... This Day in Wrestling History.
0: Okay, so we got a big This Day in Wrestling History. Uh, We are in SummerSlam season, or the SummerSlam season, as a a great man would say. Mm -hmm. So I love it when we got multiple events of the same thing all that lined up on the same day. Uh, Because on This Day in Wrestling History, in 2001... Uh, World Wrestling Entertainment presented SummerSlam from San Jose, California. This was in the the shank of the World Wrestling Entertainment Against the Alliance storyline. Oh uh, Edge taking on Lance Storm for the Intercontinental title. Uh, WCW Cruiserweight Champion X Pac taking <laughs> on World Wrestling Entertainment Light Heavyweight Champion Tajiri. Uh, RVD versus Jeff Hardy in a hardcore title ladder match uh WCW tag team champions Undertaker and Kane took on Diamond Dallas page and Canyon in a steel cage match uh Kurt Angle versus Stone Cold for the world wrestling entertainment title and the rock versus Booker T for the wCW title
1: I'm looking at this right now and it's like almost every match on there was a title match you had uh I guess the dark match with the women and then the Dudleys and test versus APA and Spike Dudley. But there's a lot of belts to defend back then. I like it. Right.
0: Um, well, I did skip over Jericho versus Rhino because I do remember from, so this is when Jericho was in the height of his, I'm going to slut shame Stephanie McMahon at every chance I can in character. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Jericho had like three, at least three spectacular botches in this. <laughs> um, and this is a lot of times where we would joke around that the ropes were covered in butter whenever Jericho would come out because he'd you know, always go for something, just slip and bumble fuck all over the place. Luckily, he's the polished worker that we see before <laughs> us today. You not a, uh, there you go. Yeah,
1: <laughs> he got all those kinks out of the way now so that he's uh, just flawless nowadays. That's right. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Uh, now, uh, if we go to uh, 2012, uh, this day in wrestling history, World Wrestling Entertainment presented the SummerSlam from Los Angeles, California. Uh, this, we saw Chris Jericho take on Dolph Ziggler, The Miz versus Rey Mysterio for the Intercontinental title, Sheamus versus Alberto Del Rio for the World Heavyweight title, uh, Kofi Kingston and R Truth versus the Primetime Players for the tag titles. CM Punk versus Big Show versus John Cena for the WWE title, and the main event was Brock Lesnar versus Triple H in a no disqualification match.
1: Hmm. Not so much appealing in this one, I don't think.
0: Well, when I run down the card, I always skip a match, and that's one of the more important matches. So this match was Daniel Bryan versus Kane. Okay. This, this was at the height of uh the yes stuff. The anger management stuff, and this was supposed to be the build to have the Charlie Sheen appearance
1: with the Daniel
0: Bryan Kane stuff. If you remember that stuff from TV, it was supposed to lead to like a match or like a confrontation or something with Charlie Sheen being at this SummerSlam. And I know you're surprised by this, Adam, but Charlie Sheen is a little bit unreliable.
1: This is the first I'm hearing about this. Like, obviously, you, I remember the angle, but I didn't know Charlie Sheen was supposed to be involved.
0: They did, they did like, promos back and forth on Raw for, like, two weeks. Hmm. Where, like, Charlie Sheen was, like, via picture in picture, like, yelling at Daniel Bryan.
1: Oh, God, I don't know why I don't remember that. Uh-huh.
0: Oh, I remember everything <laughs> when it comes to shitty stuff in wrestling. Now, batting down the hatches because yes. on this day in wrestling history in 2018, from the Barclays Center in Brooklyn, New York, World Wrestling Entertainment presented the SummerSlam. <laughs> uh, Seth Rollins versus Dolph Ziggler for the Intercontinental title, uh, New Day versus Bludgeon Brothers for the SmackDown tag team titles, uh, Braun Strowman versus Kevin Owens with the Money in the Bank contract on the line. Uh, Samoan Joe versus AJ Styles for the WWE title. If you remember, that was when Samoan Joe was, like, uh, making remarks to Wendy, uh, Mm -hmm. AJ Styles' wife. Yep. Uh, The Miz taking on Daniel Bryan, which was a fucking awesome match. And, uh, and again, this might be a spoiler for this week's Does Joe Know the Card? Uh, Finn Balor versus Baron Corbin. Uh, Shinsuke Nakamura versus Jeff Hardy for the US title. Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar for the Universal Title, and again I skipped over two matches
1: because oh, these I are know two one matches.
0: Of them. Well, is Alexa de- defending the Raw Women's Title against Ronda Rousey? And I say, Adam, are you ready? Are you ready?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Goddamn, Ronda Rousey took a year away from my girl's career. It's not fair. Well, <laughs>
0: listen. When this match got announced, I'm like, oh boy, this is a very, this is a very uneven match.
1: (laughs) Ronda Rousey and her hurdy offense.
0: You could say that this was the beginning of the fiendification of Alexa Bliss.
1: Oh, You know what? I like that, you know, that lore there that, like, something happened during that. That way you can bring back, if they do bring back Ronda Rousey, and I I don't want to speak that into existence, but I think I just did. You know, they can say that when Ronda Rousey carelessly threw Alexa Bliss around with no regard for her safety, that's when, like, the evil was unlocked in her.
0: That's right. And uh, for the SmackDown Women's Championship, uh, champion Carmella in a triple threat match took on Charlotte Flair and Becky Lynch. And uh, this was the Becky Lynch heel turn. And we all remember that very successful heel turn that Becky Lynch had.
1: Yep. Most vicious heel, most hated and reviled heel. I'm I'm so glad that that stuck for a long, long time.
0: And, again, this is one of those other ones where I forget why it popped up in my timeline, but somebody posted, like, the like the as they actually aired, um, Becky promos from Raw SmackDown following uh, this. Or, no, it would have been SmackDown because this is when, like, everything was split up or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. So Becky turns heel on Charlotte, and the crowd, like, pops like crazy. And... Then on SmackDown, Becky does like a video promo on Charlotte while Charlotte's in the ring. And like, she's like, all oh, these people, none of you people were uh, with me. And like the entire crowd is chanting, no, we weren't. No, we like, yeah, or yes, we were. Yes, we were. Then she comes out and her and Charlotte get into it. And like Charlotte's just being booed unmercifully this entire time. And thankfully, like WWE leaned into it because they made a superstar. Imagine if WWE uh, characteristically dug in their heels and they're <laughs> like, nope, she's a heel. We're just going to keep going as such. And uh, like I said, in and just that was three years ago. That feels like it was a lifetime ago.
1: Yeah. And we might not. Obviously, there was women in the main event for NXT shows prior to that, but. You know, we probably would have never had women main eventing WrestleMania or really any other paper, any big pay-per-view, you know, if it wasn't for them embracing that, you know, that turn by Becky Lynch, you know?
0: Well, uh, so the plan was, you know, obviously this was the build, the The initial plan was supposed to be Ronda versus Charlotte as, uh, like, as a WrestleMania match. But Ronda ro- wasn't over as much as they thought she would be. And Charlotte wasn't over in the way that they wanted to. And you're right. If Becky doesn't get over in the way that she does, like, that match, uh, Charlotte versus Ronda Rousey would have been, like, fourth down on the card at WrestleMania. Yeah. And uh, they should thank Becky Lynch every day that they got a WrestleMania main event payoff.
1: <laughs> well, thank God Becky Lynch, like, did that run in at the end of uh, Rampage this week, you know? Mm-hmm. mm
0: no, and it, see, I saw a bunch of people saying online that, like, it was done in a way to make people think that it was Becky Lynch. Uh, I'd like to think that the fine upstanding company, All Elite Wrestling, uh, wouldn't try to pull such shenanigans and do a bait and switch on their loyal fan base.
1: Never, never. Especially not on, on Rampage that week or any other week.
0: Right, or any other week, really. Yes. Yes. Um, <laughs> So that's uh this day in wrestling history. Like I said, I love what a bunch of, like, events, like all WrestleMania's are on a certain day that we cover Summer Slams in this instance. I'm sorry, the Summer Slams. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what do we got in likes and didn't likes from this last seven days?
1: All right, I am going to start things off just because it is kind of the oldest thing, and you had spoiled it on last week's show. So for my likes, I'm not going to say Christian winning the Impact World title is in my likes. You know, I I'm... You know, it was a good match. I enjoyed it, but uh, not my likes because of Christian being the champ. But no, it is in my likes because Brian Myers, the most professional wrestler, won the number one contender battle royal uh, on last week's episode of Impact. Again, it was recorded or it was broadcast when we were doing our show, Uh, but I did get around to watching it over the last few days. And I, again, I just enjoy the fact that he used Sam Beal as a weapon and then turned on him at the last chance, uh, the, the best opportunity for it, but we're going to get to see Christian defend against Brian Myers. Hopefully, I don't know. Fingers crossed. Brian Myers wins that belt and maybe takes it over to AEW where he can be seen by like more than 10 people. But, uh, that whole thing, Christian defeating Kenny Omega is in the likes, but obviously Myers being the number one contender is the main reason that is like number one.
0: Uh, let's kind of pile this all together here. Not so much your thing. Um, but, uh, my like this week was the, uh, Kenny Omega versus Christian match that opened up Rampage, AEW Rampage, mostly one, because it was a very good match. And two, because the night before Brian Myers, the most professional wrestler had won the battle Royal to be the, uh, number one contender. And I had like a 90% feeling that Christian was going to win just because as much history as Kenny and Brian have, I think Christian versus Brian is kind of the more both their speeds match, if that makes any sense. Sure. Um, now, I know Impact has been taped pretty far out. Um, the match is already in the can. I've done everything that I can to avoid spoilers for the match. And uh, I think T- uh, TNA, it's always TNA. Impact yeah. Emergence is tomorrow night.
1: Uh, yes, Friday night.
0: So uh big wrestling night. I, I have a feeling that uh, unless something huge happens on Rampage tomorrow, mm-hmm. I think I could already pencil in Brian versus Christian uh, at Emergence for next week's uh, likes.
1: Well, that's why we give you two likes, Joe.
0: Right. Well, again, mm-hmm. definitely one is getting penciled in, you know?
1: Fair enough. So All we, right, we kind of develop-
0: doubled up there a little bit.
1: Yep. So you want to go or do you want me to go?
0: Uh, you know what? Let me go Uh, with a dislike. This will be a quick dislike. We'll just say it. We'll get out of the way. Um, I know I am in the minority here, and uh, I'm not going to fight anyone on this. I'm just going to make my statement and move on. Uh, I don't like this Dan
1: Lambert stuff. Hey, Joe, um, that's also in my dislikes.
0: Oh, my goodness. Okay uh, I don't want to see MMA people. I don't care. I don't follow MMA. So when you're like, oh my God, he had Billy Jones and this other guy. And I'm like, don't care. Don't know. Don't care. Uh, then he comes out and cuts the laziest, your mom's basement, uh, porn on the internet, playing Dungeons and Dragons stuff. And everyone online is like genius. The man's a genius. It's like uh the one guy in the crowd watching Randy Watson in uh coming to America. Mm-hmm. you know what i mean I, I i like to think that um this with everyone like saying that Dan Lambert is good is very similar when it says that uh uh Wardlow is good that it's elaborate rib on me, <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Like I said, this is obvious. This is in my dislikes as well. And the first time he popped up on AEW, I almost I defended him. I remember you didn't like it, and I was like, oh, it's not that bad because I remember him being on TNA wrestling and it being you know solid. And I had no problem with his first appearance. But as you said, uh, him showing up and doing the low hanging fruit insult of the you know living in your mom's basement, and and the thing that really got me even worse is him bringing up like cancel culture. Obviously, like anybody who says like cancel culture or they're going to make X great again, anything like that. I get it. You're doing it to be a heel, but it's it's such a like go away heel heat to me. It's lazy. It's lazy yeah. is what it, it is. It's it's just the simplest, dumbest fucking thing. And like I popped again as an old UFC fan seeing Andre Olavsky and Junior Dos Santos out there. <laughs> and, and the little bit of a the thing where they said, hey, last time. You know, there's a rule in the contracts of UFC fighters that they can't get physically involved in the ring. But I talked to Dana White. All right. I like that. But as you said, that promo just dissolved to shit from there. The only good thing that happened from it is that, you know, Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page got to get some heat on uh, the murder hawk. But other than that, yeah, this was in my dislikes.
0: All right. Look at us lining up on shit, huh?
1: Yep. All right, Joe, I'm going to do a like and maybe we'll overlap on this. And that is the entire opening, probably two segments of AEW Dynamite this week, which start off with Moxley and Kingston coming out to the ring. They were jumped by 2.0 and Daniel Garcia uh, gave uh, them a savage beatdown. And obviously, 2.0 gets in the ring, calls out Sting and Darby for the match right now, knowing that, uh, again, Mox and Kingston are incapacitated. They have a brawl throughout the arena. Uh, Darby ends up taking a six suplex on the trucks of a skateboard, and then it finishes with uh Stinger doing a 2.0 a double Scorpion Deathlock, which uh very silly. If it wasn't like Sting doing it and 2.0 taking it, it would probably be in my dislikes, but a, a great fun finish. But all of that opening stuff I popped huge for.
0: Hey, this is also in my likes as well. Hey, uh, <laughs> Adam, um, you know we could put the you know all the things that you mentioned. Um, you know, within three weeks, the grouping of two point uh, Matt Lee, Jeff Parker, uh, Daniel Garcia are put in the situation of being superstars um, in the top mix against some of the biggest names, and let alone against Sting. Uh, I thought the match was fun. The match was exactly what it needed to be. Um, anybody online who's like, what, no matter what side you're on of the Sting through a table argument, if you're on the side of, well, if Sting could no cell going through a table, then we could all no cell going through a table. I say to you, are you Sting? <laughs> if the answer is no, then you cannot no cell going through a table. Sting is and could and should be treated as an undertaker type character where like the undertaker no cells going through a table he's got the mystique he's got the cachet he's got the whatever he could do it now on the flip side of the thing of saying oh you know how dare sting no sell that table he made everyone look bad to which i say are you sting
1: Mm -hmm.
0: if you're sting you could do that and i thought everyone kind of looked pretty good coming out of that uh the fact that sting let those two guys Uh, Matt and Jeff put him through a table that he trusted them with his body. If we're going to kind of get into the kayfabe thing with this and we'll sprinkle it a little extra and say, uh, as we recorded today, it was officially announced that the uh, boys were signed by, uh, AEW. Uh, they got the graphic, they got the, you know, personal, uh, tweet out from, uh, big, big arms, Tony. And, uh, yeah, very happy for the boys.
1: I haven't been on Twitter much and I missed that. So that's awesome. Very yeah, you missed here.
0: that. That was a good one. That was a uh, great information to have.
1: <laughs> but uh, I just going back to the Sting going through the table thing. I like to give all those stinger fans out there, you know, a gentle ribbing as you would say uh regarding Sting, but I had no problem. As there's the most vocal Sting critic in all of the soon to be named network, maybe other than Todd. Uh I had no problem with him no selling that. I didn't even think twice about it because as you said it's Sting, who cares?
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. All right. I have one dislike left. What about you?
0: I got one dislike left, too. And uh, okay. you got to go. You, I got it fast.
1: All right. So, Joe, get serious here for a moment. Um, Obviously, every single week, it seems like every single week we we during our dislikes, you know, we're talking about companies releasing people, you know, whether it be Bray Wyatt or Bronson Reed or the Iconics. It always seems like we're like late to the punch because it always happens on Fridays after we record. So, you know, you get that late breaking news on Final Wrestling Place or whatever. But the releases just won't stop, Joe. And uh, possibly the most egregious one happened this week. And that is when Thrill Zone released The Rock. Oh, Uh,
0: (laughs) (laughs) now, wait a minute. That's a show behind a very high end uh, paywall there.
1: Well, I'm not going to reveal, you know, the results of the matches. Um, I will just say because obviously this made headlines, you know, across all the news sites. You know, The Rock, you know, came, you know, possibly with a really bad injury. But that's not when you let somebody go from their contract. You, a guy gets hurt in the ring in service of your promotion, and then you release him. Like, I, I get the Thrill Zone is already on the downward. You know, decline. You know, it went from having Brian Myers running it to Joe Sposto, and now Mark Sterling's running it. But I mean, show some class, Thrill Zone. Uh, you know, just to release The Rock after he literally breaks his back for your company, uh, just, a, just a Bush League move. And uh, man, that Thrill Zone really needs to turn it around or it's going to get squashed, bro.
0: Well, I'll say Thrill Zone does have a uh, multi team writing department. <laughs> and uh obviously uh i'll just say mark sterling going in there against Broski, who is a seasoned professional uh has the energy has the practice has the chops uh mark was very outgunned in that first episode yeah uh, Broski certainly had his number is all i'll say
1: yep yeah. so we we'll, we'll we'll keep monitoring this as we go along you know again with no spoilers but if something Something as tragic as this happens again, I'll be the first one to report on it. Okay. <laughs> uh,
0: so my uh, my final dislike, okay?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And this is one of those things where, uh, you know, you talk about things happening late, you know, sometimes something will happen on a Friday and we don't get a chance to talk about it. Um, And this is one of those ones where, Last week, we record the show, I do my editing, I post everything, and I put everything to bed. I go to bed and I wake up, and I see the news all across social media, all in my DMs. Uh, And that is with the upcoming GCW show in Las Vegas. They're doing a joint show with Future Stars of Wrestling uh, that's being main-evented by Effie, taking on the Disco Inferno. Uh, and this obviously rose some uh, eyebrows in regards to this. People making a lot of accusations toward one Glenn Gilberti. And uh, I want to say this. I'm going to come out, and I'm typically someone who deals with facts. And I have last week, um, you know, it was pointed out to me when we were talking about why Rob Black uh, of XPW went to federal prison. Uh, That he went to federal prison not for the animal abuse. It was uh, simulated or teased or whatever it was. He actually went to federal prison because of an obscenity charge for mailing the type of porn that he was or whatever. Um, So, again, clarity there. A lot of people making remarks that uh, Disco Inferno is uh, anti-vaxxer. He's not. Uh, People making a lot of claims that Disco Inferno is homophobic. He's not. Uh, people making claims that Disco Inferno is misogynist and hates women might be some truth to that. Mm. Um, People say that Disco Inferno, while not being an anti-vaxxer, is definitely an anti-masker. That's 100% true. Uh, but more notably, uh, Disco Inferno is very publicly pro-Joey Ryan suing people. Mm. So... Again, we take the stuff that everyone says about Disco Inferno that cannot be proven. We throw all that out the window, and we take the one thing that 100% can be proven, which he tweeted in support of Joey Ryan and his lawsuit against the people that he abused, uh, took advantage of, and again, Joey Ryan will continue to say that there were no criminal charges uh, uh, pressed against him, and that is true, because in situations of For sexual conduct in many cases, women are very afraid to tell people, let alone the authorities, in the event of not being believed, which we've been dealing with with the speaking out movement over the last 17 to 18 months. Now, I feel as though it might be uncomfortable in that GCW locker room when Disco Inferno, who very publicly said all these things that Joey Ryan was in the right to be suing these women, making these accusations against him. It'd be a shame if someone was in that locker room and on that show that made those claims against Joey Ryan and was sued by Joey Ryan. I know if I was that person, I'd probably want to claw that person's eyes out who mm. said those things, who supported my abuser in his lawsuit against me. Um, so this is poor. and then on top of that, uh, there were people who knew who know better, whether it be fans. Or people in the wrestling business uh who were tweeting out that like this is gonna be like some sort of shoot match we're like Effie's gonna shoot on disco Inferno known shooter Effie is gonna shoot on disco Inferno who uh, I saw like fans saying like oh man that Effie match with disco is gonna be so good you don't you don't remember disco was such a great bump and feed heel back in the day okay so first of all back in the day, Disco Inferno was on national television from 1995 to 2001, which means if he was on national TV for that time, he's probably six foot three, six foot four, and probably today weighs 250 pounds. He's a bouncer at a strip club and bump and feed. He's going to take less bumps in that match than Luke Gallows does on an average Tuesday night (laughs) or whatever night it is that they record, whatever the hell that it does. So I think it's dishonest and and poor form of GCW to book someone who supported uh, Joey Ryan publicly, especially when at least one person on your regular roster was one of the people that were sued by Joey Ryan, and you look the other way. And hey, listen, maybe this person is also looking the other way, and maybe she's okay with being in the room with this. And then I'm not going to take those statements back because I don't know if you publicly support Joey Ryan. You're probably a piece of shit. Um, and then fans and wrestlers saying that this is going to be a shoot somehow, uh, that's disingenuous and dishonest, which again, I should not be surprised when it comes to the world of professional wrestling and the people that do look into these sort of things and have access to information like this, who just turned a blind eye to it and said nothing. And when all this came out, I said, people will forget about this by the weekend. Something else will happen and everyone will move on. I don't know. I didn't forget about it. I still think it's pretty shitty. And I hope that I hope uh, the payday that Effie gets for working with Disco Inferno is worth this sort of grief. And this I don't know if this is GCW thinking that like, oh, we're going to get another broski thing out of this. Right. Mm-hmm. Disco Inferno and broski ain't the same person. They ain't cut from the same cloth. Disco Inferno is a is a dishonest grifter. <laughs> uh Broski's uh, a grifter who'll work with you. He'll play within the in the, in the the boundaries of it. And I will say Broski on the podcast this week popped me huge when I, he says that Brett from GCW asked him to do something, and Broski replied, that doesn't work for me, brother. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, obviously I agree with everything you said there. And the thing that just boggles my mind is, like, is... Disco Inferno bumping those numbers. Is he putting butts in the seats enough to warrant any of this blowback? No, of course not. Like, you could have replaced him with literally anybody on the indie scenes and not had any of this negative press sent your direction. So, uh, obviously, uh, if anybody orga- in that organization has any brain, you know, they would just be like, oops, sorry, we've uh, revoked this booking and put anybody in that other spot, you know, to go against Effie. It's not a hard thing to do. Apparently it is. Uh, they they want you know they were worried if they they'd knock disco off of the card, you know, all those people looking for refunds is what you know Lauderdale's worried about. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure that's what it is. Alright, Joe. Well speaking of you know upcoming shows and a terrible segue, did you know that there are pay-per-views? Two of them this weekend? Two Is Sammy Zane's kicking down to the ring? Is and doing his thing Ruby riot beyond
0: the show. Well, Daniel Bryant shout, no, no, no.
1: Is it the big dog's yard? Let's find out. Does Joe know the card? That's right. According to Wikipedia, the most trusted source of all wrestling information, there are two pay-per-views this weekend. SummerSlam, the SummerSlam. And NXT TakeOver 36. And Joe, much to my surprise last week when I first looked into this, SummerSlam is on Saturday. So we're going to go ahead and do that one first. Wikipedia says that there are 10 God help us matches announced for this show. And that's not even whatever they throw together tomorrow night.
0: 10 matches, right? Yep. Okay. Okay. I think I could get them. All right. All right. Um, I need a piece of paper to write stuff down. Uh, hang on. I apologize. Okay. I have my notebook here, but I don't want to waste a page on just this, right? Yeah. So we got Cena versus Roman. Of course. Uh, we got uh Bob Lashley versus Goldberg.
1: Yep. Okay.
0: We have Sasha versus uh uh Bianca Belair. Yep. Uh, Corbin versus Finn Balor.
1: Uh I'm just looking at this list here. That is not one of the ten mm. announced on Wikipedia. Okay.
0: I could have swore they announced that on TV, but obviously I could very much be wrong, you know?
1: Again, Wikipedia doesn't get anything wrong.
0: That's true. That's true. Um, So, of course, we have uh, Eva Marie versus uh, Alexa Bliss in the work rate match of the evening.
1: <laughs> yep, yep.
0: Right, right. Uh... You got okay. four. <laughs> I said I think I could get them. Okay. Uh, we got for the Raw Women's title, we got Nikki versus Charlotte versus uh, uh, Rhea Ripley. Yep, that's five. Okay. Raw Tag Team titles. AJ and uh, Omos. Taking on Orton and uh, Riddle? Yep. Okay. Uh, we have the Usos versus the Mysterio Boys.
1: Yep, that's seven.
0: Bye. Okay. And I think that's gonna be it.
1: Alright, you are missing three matches. They are all singles men's matches. Okay. Uh, don't help. <laughs> you have Edge versus Seth Rollins.
0: Edge versus Seth Rollins, Jesus Christ.
1: You know, just a couple up-and-coming upstarts, you know. Yeah,
0: sure. You know, it might
1: be the pre-show, who knows. Uh, you have Drew McIntyre versus Jinder Mahal. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and lastly, you have Sheamus defending United States title against DJ's favorite wrestler, Damian Priest.
0: I feel okay in forgetting about those matches.
1: <laughs> All right, well... I mean, it was a big card, you know, loaded, but uh, that one kind of kicked your butt. You got seven out of 10. So let's switch over to NXT TakeOver. And as is always the case, we have just five matches announced.
0: Okay. So we have course O'Reilly, two out of three falls.
1: And what are the falls stipulations? Okay.
0: One is a regular match. (laughs) yeah uh the other is a no holds barred street fighty sort of thing yeah and then if need be wink a third one it's gonna be uh a cage match
1: this is correct
0: okay uh then we have uh for the nxt uk title which i just found out was a thing the other day uh walter taking on Dragunov, Ilya Dragunov, to be exact
1: Yes, and, and NXT tells me that he's really good, so I have to believe them.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, we then have Samoan Joe versus uh, Raw superstar Karrion Kross. <laughs> uh, we have uh, uh, Cameron Grimes taking on the million-dollar champion and pride of Hagerstown, Maryland. Uh, L.A. Knight, if uh, uh, Cameron Grimes wins, he gets the uh, the million-dollar title. If L.A. Knight wins, uh, then Ted DiBiase now has to be L.A. Knight's butler. (laughs) And for the NXT ladies title, Raquel Gonzalez taking on Dakota Kai.
1: All right, there you go. Perfect five for five on NXT.
0: Uh, Yeah, see, NXT is a a little bit easier, a little bit more fun of a show to talk about, you know?
1: Yeah. All right, we'll work our way back real quick. We'll start with NXT. Do you see any title changes?
0: Uh, Okay. So here are my NXT predictions. Uh, n- no no change on uh, the women's title. Uh, Cameron Grimes wins the million-dollar title.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, NXT title, Walter wins. Uh, uh, Riley, Cole. Uh, I would have O'Reilly win two falls to nothing, but that's just me. Mm-hmm. Since Cole's going off to the main roster. And I would have uh, Samoan Joe win the uh, NXT title.
1: Okay. Um, Pretty much in agreement, though, I could see Dakota Kai winning the NXT women's title, just because, as as said in many other places other than here, Raquel Gonzalez isn't exactly the workhorse to elevate all of her challengers, you know?
0: Uh, Well, so, again, I'm taking into consideration that it's been Dakota who's been going up to do dark matches at World Wrestling Entertainment and not Raquel.
1: Yeah, well, people that get called up to do dark matches sometimes aren't even with the company a week later, so you never That's know. True. Yeah. All right, going back to SummerSlam, uh, obviously a lot to pick from, but maybe just, you know, some of the big predictions. Obviously, okay. we're in agreement. Uh, if Cena wins, the WWE is allergic to making money. That's my my mindset. You cannot take it off of the, the ooh-ah man at this point.
0: That's true. Uh, so, yeah, Roman wins. Uh I can't see Goldberg winning. Um I could see them putting the belt back on Charlotte. I could see them putting the Smackdown belt back on uh Sasha Banks and that's really it. Uh nothing else is like like this is like if it wasn't for Dan Lambert on Impact or Impact on Dynamite last night. One of my dislikes was how lame this SummerSlam build is, and like how I don't care about the card at all.
1: Yeah, I'll watch. I mean, I'm gonna pick and choose from here and there, but you know, other than the you know John Cena versus Roman Reigns, there's not a lot of things in there that I care about. You know?
0: Yeah, it's 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 a pretty much a one match card for me.
1: Yeah. (sighs) All right, Joe. Well, enough of this wrestling that doesn't matter. Did you watch your homework?
0: Obligation you owe your family and yourself. Did watch work? Luckily, the show went up a day early on the Stars app, which I have. Wink. Um. So the we watched the season premiere of the television show Heels. Jeez. I know. That's right. They should have got Jim Cornette uh, to just say it over and over again. <laughs> Uh now I, I know Adam tomorrow you and I are going to uh, our local movie uh Cineplex to watch the sneak premiere of episode 3 of yeah. uh Heels like I, like you do I want
1: to uh, have I, Phil sign a figure.
0: Right exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's a virtual signing with uh, Phil cuz he's not doing anything else tomorrow night in Chicago. <laughs> uh so go over I'll I'll say this before I start um Kevin Hellion's friend of the show, three-time winner of At Odds Mania. Go check out his site, Mass Library. Uh, He did a much more in-depth and thorough uh, analysis of this episode as opposed to a review of the episode. Mm -hmm. And I will only say this. From reading that, I could tell that Kevin watches a lot of TV. Like a lot of, like, you know, your normal programming. Whereas I don't, outside of, like, the CW DC shows. (laughs) um so it's a show about indie wrestling um i could nitpick it till the cows come home uh but i'll just say it was fine um you know i'll just start off my thing like that like i didn't think i was gonna hate it but i just thought um i knew it wasn't for me right Mm -hmm. and it's not for me um the family melodrama stuff I don't care about. The infighting between uh, Stephen Amell and his brother I don't care about. Um, the nit- like the nitpicky stuff about Stephen Amell writing these uh, intricate scripts <laughs> for an indie show that takes place in like a rusted out, leaking barn in a made up town in Georgia. What is it, Duffy, Georgia? Yeah. That he inherited from his father. Um, I also liked, and I say this in quotes, that their competition, and again, I don't know if Duffy, Georgia is real or not. Uh, I don't know if it's like a town that was just made up for the show, which does happen from time to time, but their cross-state rival, Mm -hmm. uh, Gully, for rival Restopia, which just used clips from 2005 TNA as their promotion (laughs) was very odd. Um, you know, I don't know. That was just like, that stuck out like a sore thumb to me. Um, I will say the end of the show did surprise me. The through line of the episode, spoilers, everyone, for the first episode of Heels. Uh, <laughs> but,
1: yeah, if you don't want to spoiled, pause the podcast and yeah, watch it and then come pause back.
0: Pause the show now. <laughs> um, but... Uh, I really, uh, was intrigued to see which way, uh, Stephen Amell's character was gonna go. Jack Spade! Is that his, he's Jack Spade,
1: or is he, He is Jack Spade, his brother is Ace Spade, and their dad was King Spade.
0: Are they the Royal Flush Gang? Is that a
1: thing? (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
0: Um, I, and I like that it was, um, the dad's rival... Who like went up to New York and made it big was essentially Michael P. S. Hayes. <laughs> uh, they should have leaned in like he had the fanny pack, the garish clothes. They should have sprinkled just a dusting of racism on him for a little bit more authenticity. You should have been like, me. "Do do do, <laughs> here, boy, take these pills." <laughs> I don't say do 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 do. But I was intrigued to see how Stephen Amell was going to book the finish of the match. And I think the show did as good as a job as you can of explaining, like, because people are like, oh, well, you know, uh, Ace should win. You know, he's over. He wins the championship, big thing. And then initially Stephen Amell's like, well, no, if I win by this cheap way... And because uh, what's his what's his name? Uh, Big Ron, uh, the the, mm-hmm. the freak from the creek, or whatever. <laughs> you know which guy I mean, right? Yeah, yeah.
1: The one that but, uh, that uh, Umel, like posed like a, a double turn, which I thought was a really good idea. Right. So it's like, like okay, we do this double turn. We still had the
0: match, but like you as ace don't lose any of your heat, and you go off into this program with the freak from the creek. And while that's formulated, we can kind of figure out what we're going to do over here. And then where he just kind of shoots on his brother. I thought Ace was going to shoot on Stephen Amell because of the whatever uh, guy, what, uh, the, 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 the Michael P.S. Hayes analog was going to tell him, like, hey, br- hey boy, you better, you know, your, your brother's not going to do the time-honored tradition. That's a, that's a mistake. No one in the episode said time-honored tradition. <laughs> uh i would have had somebody absolutely say that um and while i was happy to see star of the hit film private parts mary mccormick getting a paying job her role and everything was unclear as to why she was there which like, one was she i don't she know she was like house mom she was the one on the headset she okay. was the one that kept telling the like way too young looking girl who they showed topless in this Yeah. First time
1: Uh, nudity for show homework. How about that?
0: There you go. Hopefully (laughs) last time. Um, But uh, that she's like, you don't get a locker. You're just a girl. It's like, obviously she's in a position of power. Obviously she has some sort of connection to the spade family, but like, they don't really kind of clarify as to why, you know what I mean? They could have just said like, Oh, you know, like whatever her name is like, Mary's giving us a bunch of shit tonight. It's like, well, you know, she w- she helped Dad out all those years, and she's helping us now. Like you could have just threw a line in there like that. So oh. it's it was just weird for someone to have so much power, and them not like and not have a connection to like the family or something without them telling us. And again, nitpick. Uh, this is why I don't watch shows like this because I yeah. Yeah, pick them apart. You know, uh, yeah, I mean, no to be fair, no no gigs. Or Tiny has to remark on it all.
1: (laughs) To be fair, it's the first episode of probably, I don't know, eight episode season, ten episode season, plus, you know, it'll probably go nine years, eight years, something like that. It's a
0: legacy show at this point.
1: And then you'll have the prequel series of like, you know, King Spade and his rise to, you know, forming Duffy Wrestling Association or whatever it is. So a lot of meat on the bone there to to pick from. Uh, is, is, I will say, go ahead. I'm sorry. You know,
0: I gonna, so I was just going to wrap this up and say, uh, you know, how they did as good as the job as they can without getting like too far into the weeds of like kind of explaining to, let's say, a layman audience those finishes and stuff. It's um, like, why to do this way? Why do it that way? And then, you know, Stephen Amell eventually just like shoots on his brother and like screws like the entire promotion just to kind of spite himself, I guess. But then there's the bit where they're teaching, like, the greenhorn guy on how to, like, drop the elbow correctly and how to sell and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And again, without getting too, too deep into the stuff, but you need to have little bits in there like that to explain to, like, someone who maybe doesn't know. You know, maybe the last time that they had wrestling exposed to them was Secrets of Wrestling Revealed in 1999, you know? Stunt Stunt grannies and all that sort of shit, right? Yeah. Um but like I said I had no feelings about the show. It was fine.
1: Go ahead. Uh and just to go back to what you're saying about having to, you know, teach the normals uh, about wrestling, you have the totally casual conversation at the the church picnic about what kayfabe is. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um but uh I mean I went into this show obviously, you know, uh pumping it up just out of, you know, such as my gimmick and I expected to dislike it. Uh, it grew on me. I didn't like it at first. It grew on me as we went, just as you said, because of like, what is Stephen Amell going to do? What's Jack, Jack Spade going to do. And by the way, Joe, I want a Jack Spade figure. Like right now I want, I, like, I don't want a custom. I want a real one. So somebody's got to get that made maybe in the next like WWE Hollywood line. Uh, we'll see. But I really liked, uh, I, as I said, the ending of it of like, where's he going to go on it? I like the. The talk about the double switch, I thought that was a good idea. Um, I don't know. Like, I think I came out of it liking it more than I was going to. And as uh, Kevin pointed out in his blog... Ace Spade, they did such a good job of making him so unlikable. You won't get this reference because, you know, you never finish more than three episodes of Game of Thrones. But he has a real King Joffrey feel, uh, which is just, he's just so unlikable when he goes into that rant about the overweight girl at the convenience store, just like making her cry uh, with just like a a line or two. Like you fucking hated him after that scene. Um, So like, I'm going to obviously continue to check it out. Uh maybe I won't assign you anymore, uh, <laughs> but, uh, oh boy. I don't know. I liked it. And Joe, uh, obviously you saw this coming, but every once in a while I get an idea for a show image. And sometimes I just know that I'm not going to be capable of executing what's in my mind. So in those scenarios, I reach out to friend of the show, Derek, and I say, Derek, I need you to make this happen. So Derek whipped together a show image for us this week, which you are now seeing for the first time. It is coming over to your cell phone right now. Let me know when you got that.
0: (laughs) You you look good. I don't know what's wrong with my head. (laughs) Well, uh,
1: yeah, for those that don't see it right now, Joe.
0: Well you're they're seeing it. They saw it as they downloaded the episode.
1: True, but if you use a podcatcher, you won't see it. Oh, okay. If you're just using, you know, Apple Podcast or uh Google Podcasts, you'll see our default show logo. So if they're not seeing this on Twitter, they or they might not know what it is. So what's the image?
0: <laughs> so the uh image is the promotional image for the Heels TV show, uh, Adam is superimposed onto Stephen Amel, and I am a, a superimposed onto Ace Spade. And uh, see, this is, so this is where the problem comes in, where you try to, like, work me into things like this. Because I have a giant Jerry Seinfeld-sized head, and then you try to graft, like, the face that goes with that head onto a normal human head, the proportions will always get thrown off.
1: Well, I will say, like, obviously, I, I was doing a lot of back and forth with Derek about this. And if you look at the original picture, uh, the guy who plays Ace Spade has a very weird shape and head too. So you guys are equally as misshapen.
0: No, um, see, he, his is misshapen. Mine is gigantic. There's okay. a difference.
1: Fair enough. And as far as the disparity in myself versus you, I, I literally have a mini photo shoot to make sure that my head, my photograph was oh, of done in, the, in the exact right angle. Um, and yours was just a photo grab from Facebook. <laughs> Not a lot of new pictures of me. Uh, no. No, it's really just the same three and uh there's most of them have hats on. So there wasn't yeah, see a lot me, of
0: Yeah, again, listen, I don't like doing my hair. See me in seven months. Maybe I'll take a little bit better of a picture. Yeah. But uh no, it's it's a it's a fun show image. I got I got a kick out of it. I thought it was gonna be I'll be honest with you, I thought it was gonna be something else, and I'll tell you what I thought it was in a little bit.
1: Okay, fair enough. But, yeah, once again, thank you, Derek. Uh, does a great job. He did the uh, Joe as Herb Abrams a while back. Yes, he, that was a good one. He did my defense of the uh, the hardcore title at uh, the first Real Rumble, the promo picture for that. So uh, does a lot of really good stuff.
0: Yeah, see, my head fits on that of a bloated coke head, but not like <laughs> somebody whose job it is is to be shape- in shape on TV, you know? <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, we'll keep that in
0: mind, yeah, keep that in mind <laughs> so i'll 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 get you know you'll see that you'll have some fun with that, but uh, I think that's it for the main show other than plugs, right, yeah, plugs and then weekly purchases right, so uh, hey, Jerry's internet wrestling Emporium this is a rare episode where we didn't really plug it heavily up front. uh, there was a Chikara show from two thousand and six that also happened on this day in wrestling history that got cut for time. Uh, that features, like, such matches as Jerry of Jerry's Internet Wrestling Emporium against Jeff Parker. Um, So, you know, I don't know. That might be of interest to people. Mm -hmm. Um, Lance Steele versus Lance Steele, where the loser is banished to the past. Go watch that on Jerry's Internet Wrestling Emporium, a.k.a. independentwrestling.tv. Use the promo code at odds. You don't get anything free, but it just lets Jerry know that you came to him through us. There are a bunch of live streams this weekend. Friday, No Peace Underground. Saturday, Stan Styles Intergender Bonanza, and then uh, Sunday, uh, W the doubleheader of WWR Plus and Beyond Wrestling's American Rana. And by me saying that, I've given it more plugs here than Brian has allowed on the Major Wrestling Figure Podcast. <laughs> Um also in the show notes uh to every episode uh you can always check out uh the link to our T public store. Uh shortcut to that is through the mothership tinyurl.com slash longbox heroes. The thirty-five percent sale is going on this weekend. A bunch of at odds with wrestling, longbox heroes, final wrestling plays hit my music inspired designs, uh the Jingle Meister David cannon show that's coming September first. Uh, all of those designs you can get in everything from cell phone covers to notebooks, everything in between 35% off this weekend and any and all of the purchases that you'd need to make, uh, at Amazon do so through our specified affiliate link, which is in the show notes to every single one of the episodes. Uh, they, Amazon call it an advertising fee. I call it a thing that makes Adam happy at the end of the month when he gets his cut of the fucking money. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, what, uh, you're going to mention a bunch of podcasts. Uh, yeah, let's, yeah,
1: let's let's mention a bunch of podcasts, uh, many of which we've already mentioned. But you know what? They get two this week. And that two? Is two. Two for the price of one. So nobody has to pad the lope this week. Just the standard payola will be good enough. And those podcasts are Longbox Heroes, Porch Talk, We Need Wrestling, Final Wrestling Place, wrestling cheers between the sheets the house show podcast is that ever coming back i don't know viewers choice pod van dam hellions talk talks is that ever coming back i don't know the a show is that ever coming back i don't know hit my music that might be coming soon uh and as we mentioned at the very 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 top of the show check out joe's appearance on IWTV guide and then check out my appearance that records later in the month
0: yeah, those are all podcasts that you can check out. Yeah.
1: That's and, all we've uh, got.
0: And, we get to- yep, and obviously if any of us show up on any other podcasts, you could always find those over at soon to be network.com, soon to be com. Yep. All right,
1: Joe. Weekly purchases. So, uh, okay, so I'll just
0: say this, and I'll let you go. Um, okay. I thought, I, so I have no weekly purchases. I bought nothing. Uh, unless you you know what? Okay. I'll get my one purchase out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> my kid needed a new charger for his tablet. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> and it was in a pinch because he goes through, he, he's very careless with his stuff. And he went through two chargers like the span of a month. So I went and bought him, uh, another one. Uh, I bought like a little bit more pricier of a one in the hopes that it'll stand up to the mishandling of a 10 year old. And I said, you see how much that was? And he goes, yeah, I go, next one's on you. (laughs) I go, so you take care of this one.
1: Riveting stuff, Joe. Where can one get one of those chargers? Like that sounds very limited edition. You know, do you have to go on eBay or?
0: No, I just went to the Verizon store and I said, hey, I need a charger for this.
1: Oh, all right. Fair and enough. they
0: gave it to me. And uh, hey, I, I really thought that the, the show image was going to be somehow related to the uh, new generation uh, Mattel ring.
1: Oh, now. Yeah. See, that's old news. That was funded like almost a week ago. So I don't Old care. news.
0: <laughs> I don't know. All those people that were being bullied into buying them and then the other people that were bullying the people that were buying it. It was just like a chain <laughs> of bullying around that ring. It's cursed, I tell you. I heard it It went so far that people, once it got to the eight thousand mark, people give up the tens and twenties ordered because they felt it was going to no longer be limited edition. What sort (laughs) of crazy person would say something like that?
1: Yeah, who would like in a group chat say that they want to see how they could unfund, unback the ring now? Uh, but yes, uh, not in my weekly purchases because we talked about it last week, obviously, the ring's getting made uh it pretty much reached a standstill in funding. There's still drips and drabs, but once that macho window closed, understandably so the funding stopped. I just hope like it does not break nine thousand. I'm not gonna pull it up now. It was probably like eighty two hundred last I looked, but uh, uh it's, it, it's uh it's
0: at eighty two oh seven now,
1: okay. So, yeah, I, I can't see that breaking 8,500, which I'm fine with. You know, they'll still be the by far the rarest ultimates, you know, uh, and less so for the macho. That'll be even less of those. But uh, once it hit that 5,000 and it seemed like five minutes later it hit 6,000 and 7,000, 8,000, whatever, I was like, oh, God, this thing, if they make like 20,000 of these things, I'm going to be so pissed. <laughs> Anyways... Uh Joe, this is gonna come as a bit of a surprise to you i have a a pretty bloated weekly purchases this week,
0: and I've got a story uh that I need to if you don't get to it i got i got i'm gonna I got a leading question to get a story out of you, so go ahead, I think you'll get to it, but just in case
1: okay um uh, i'm gonna be pretty quick with some of these, but just stop me if you have a question. I'm sure you won't. Uh, as I tweeted out earlier today, Walmart and McFarlane Toys announced yet another DC Multiverse repaint of Azrael figures. The, it! I'm drawing a blank of what Charlie Butters' gimmick name is. The Phil Jackson of Azrael figure collecting, <laughs> Charlie Butters, uh, made sure to go ahead and tip me off that those went up for pre-order. So thank you. I had a pre-order too. Uh, not for the reasons that you or Todd would say I need to. But uh order those. I ordered on eBay. I got a really good price. We've talked about in the past the Masters of the Universe WWE figures. Remember those? Yes. I got the Manny Faces New Day that I've been mentioning oh, okay. for a while I wanted. Uh, so I got that. Uh, a really good price, unpunched, pretty mint card uh, that's on its way. Uh, Not to interrupt,
0: I saw some new Master of the Universe figures based on the new animated series pop up on the timeline today. Yeah, Revelations figures. Yeah, where He-Man and Skeletor, like, motorcycle stuff? That looks badass.
1: Yeah, those are some nice figures. Uh, I might, you know, the guys that I like, Manny Faces, Roboto, you know, if, if one of those new revisions or, you know, remasters comes out of those guys, I'll pick it up. Sure. Uh, In the wild, just on a whim, because I am now an ultimate collector, I found an ultimate Ric Flair, so I grabbed that, uh, and it's funny, because I bought it, and then I saw he was trending on Twitter, and I was like, oh no, he died, and that wasn't why he was trending, but uh, (laughs) that's about it.
0: He was was checking that woman for cervical cancer.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's all it was. (laughs) I liked his response, where he was like, Ric Flair doesn't ride on any trains, woo! (laughs) Uh, Yeah. I also ordered I, – I managed to get a successful order through on Target's website for a Target-exclusive Legends 11 Scott Hall.
0: Oh, uh, nice. Make sure you put that bandana on it ASAP.
1: Oh, yeah. The bandana comes on it in the package, so okay. you know me, it's not coming out of the package. Uh, but, yeah, I just – You know, maybe once every hour or so, every two hours, if I'm bored, I'm on my phone. I try to make it a point to check Target's website to see if, like, the Bam Bam or the Macho or the Scott Hall pops up. And the Scott Hall did, so I was able to grab one. You know, not too bad.
0: Yeah, I've been seeing people hitting on uh, the Bam Bam a little bit more often, like, randomly through the Target website. Less the Scott Hall, more the Bam Bam. But, uh, yeah, so I'm glad people are getting it, you know?
1: Yep, and I'm still looking for the Bam Bam um and that's about it from those target legends in this series but uh and then i have one other thing to purchase uh but maybe you have something to say
0: uh well uh you know obviously i think it was tuesday uh you had sent me a message in regards to uh finding out in the wild the colonel mustafa figure yeah
1: yep. and what did i say in the in the picture caption
0: uh, I don't remember what you said. Was, I think it was. It came through during uh, recording uh, Longbox okay.
1: Heroes. I'll say it's called the toy business, not the toy friendship. <laughs> oh,
0: there you go. <laughs> right, so Adam got three of them, and I guess we, la- we learned that you had initially purchased two and then went back and picked up the third one.
1: Yeah. So obviously, for those that don't know, the Colonel Mustafa, I guess, in the United States is a target exclusive, but it had only previously been seen in Canada. Like, I guess they hit Canada first at whatever the target equivalent is or whoever has the exclusive up in Canada. I don't know. But, you know, the very few Mustafas that were on the market Uh, We're going for a pretty high price because it was basically the few that dripped and drabbed into Canada. You know, people are selling them on eBay, high shipping costs, all that stuff. So much like last week during weekly purchases, I said, I picked up a comma, which was a Walmart exclusive just because I saw it. And I was like, I don't want it, but I just saw it. And it's the only one here. So I'm going to grab it. Uh, When I went to target looking for the legends, because I had not yet got the Scott hall. um, They had just restocked a bunch of basic elites and there were three of the Mustafas on the pecs. And I just remembered from seeing in the major group, a bunch of people saying in search of, in search of, in search of. So there was three there. Two of them were like up to Vansky standards. And one of them was a little bit beat up, you know, not bad, but like, I would not want it for my mm-hmm. personal collection, you know? Um, so I bought the two that were mint, drove home. And I live maybe 10 minute drive from Target Uh, and then I was like, Oh, I I had already looked in target what they were going for. And I think like recent sales on eBay, like as of that day, were like 50, 60 bucks, you know, plus shipping, you know, maybe $70 shipped, $80 shipped. So they were going for a lot of money and probably double that like three weeks ago, you know, but so anyways, I'm like, I have two of these. I want, I'm like, maybe I'll keep one for myself. Maybe I'll give one to my friend, Edward Bay. Um, and I was like, I'm an idiot. I left one of those sitting on the shelf. So I literally drove back to target and I went to get the other one. And luckily it was still there. Um, so at that point I got all three of them and I had the one up on eBay Uh, as a best offer, you know, like everybody had them up as auctions, you know, trying to get to the, the sky's the limit. And I had a a pretty reasonable buy it now or best offer. And I was getting ding, ding, ding of people sending me best offers. Um, but then I started seeing like a lot of activity in the major pod group of people saying they were in search of it. Um, so I ended up, you could say I did the good thing or maybe I did the less sketchy thing, but I ended up just basically trading all three of them away. Uh, or in one case, I actually sold one. I sold one to the most professional wrestler, bare minimum, Brian, uh, for 35 shipped, you know, as uh, is the custom for a non-peg.
0: Sure. Sure. That was mighty nice of you. Yep. Uh,
1: you know, Justin Summers tagged me in, uh, and Brian Myers, you know, thing saying he was looking for it. So, uh, I was just like, hit me up and he messaged me and he's like, all right, pal, let's talk. <laughs> You know, thinking that I was going to go crazy because there's a lot of people that have those Mustafas that are like trying to get like trade them for min on card Hasbros and like AEW chases. And I'm like, come on, man. They're just not widespread yet. Give it a month or two, you know. But anyways, I just sold one to Myers for 35 shipped. And then I had put one up and I had said, hey, I'm looking to trade for a Macho Legends 11 chase. You know, reasonable requests yeah you know, I,
0: see, the, I i I'll, i see people tweeting and posting that those are out in the wild as well
1: yeah obviously it's not easy to find a standard macho so it's a little bit harder to find a chase but we're not talking about a figure that's like a hundred dollar figure you know when the dust settles that chase will maybe maybe a thirty dollar figure you know whatever um so somebody immediately dm'd me said hey i have one you know we, he shows me some pictures and he asked me he's like uh are you looking to do this like a one-for-one one trade? And I'm thinking to myself, oh, he's got me. All right, what does he want in addition to this Mustafa for this chase? But no, he actually thought that like, like the, the Macho Legends chase wasn't going to be enough to buy the Mustafa. He thought he was going to have to sweeten the deal, but I didn't want to be a complete Vansky. So I was just like, no, no, one-for-one. One. We'll just, you know, I'll send you the Mustafa, you send me the, the Legends chase. Uh, so that was the second one. And the final one was this dude who was very desperate for a Mustafa in the Facebook group. Uh, He had posted earlier in the day, hey, here's like two or three figures that I'm willing to trade for the Colonel Mustafa. And nobody obviously responded to him. So a couple hours later, he's like, here's like 30 or 40 different figures that I'm willing to trade for the Mustafa. And then there was like one or two other figures he wanted. And for the most part, like, there was all of the Target Legends figures, like the Hall, the Bam Bam, the, the non-chase uh, uh, Savage. But there was a lot of Jack's classic superstars. A lot of doubles, you know, guys like Piper and Warrior and Michaels and Andre the Giant and Terry Funk. And one of the items that he had was the three-pack classic superstars. It's Terry Funk, uh, Cactus Jack, and Sabu. So I messaged the guy. I'm like, hey, man, uh, you know, you listed out a call for this Colonel Mustafa. You show this Jack's Classic Superstars three pack. Uh, were you like looking to do a one for one trade on this? You know, me knowing that that's like $100 to $130 of a figure. on eBay. Okay. Uh, and he responds like, oh, no, like, you know, maybe like the Mustafa and something else. Maybe for that. I was like, okay. And I didn't really respond to him because I don't really have anything else to trade. Yeah. So, you know, obviously nobody's responding to this guy. And I'm like, I'm like, all right, he has uh, the single Terry Funk, you know, just the one gla- classic superstars. So I messaged him. Hey, you have a lot of doubles here. You have a double of the Terry Funk. You have a double of the Shawn Michaels. You have a double of like Andre or whatever. What about like two of the doubles? You know, like one, like one funk. And I think I asked for like, maybe Shawn Michaels or Roddy Piper or something like that. Um, I'll trade you the two for one. And he's like, uh, I don't know, man. I'd really like it if you threw in another figure. So I was like, well, if I threw in another figure, I want that three pack. Yeah. And he's like, all right, well, what do you have? And I was like, well, I have a, an elite comma <laughs> that I bought last week. So we ended up doing the Elite Colonel Mustafa and the Elite Kama for that Jack's Classic Superstars, Terry Funk, uh, Cactus Jack, and Sabu three-pack. So basically, I traded $35 worth of uh, Elites for $120 worth of Jack's Classic Superstars. So So uh,
0: you're going to pop that Jack's Classic Superstars open, give uh, DJ the uh, Terry Funk, give me the Cactus Jack, and throw the Sabu away? Or what's up?
1: Oh, don't ruin my Christmas presents for everybody. (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> but you know what funny story i had said to dj and brett when we were driving the gcw as much as i like ragging on terry funk i i have nothing of him i don't have any figures i don't have any like autographs and eh, you might want to get some autographs soon you know like that's i'm not buying it to flip it but i just want to buy i wanted something terry funk because you know, it might be harder to get. You know, if the nostalgia bug kicks in. You know, God well, forbid.
0: you know, the Chainsaw Charlie is in the lineup for a couple of lines of the Elite down the road here. Um, I know Ringside has like whatever his most recent, like the only other Elite that he has. You know, up there for like face value. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you know, so if you needed a Terry Funk in your collection, you know, they're they're out there.
1: Yeah, but I, I did. This is just such a nice looking three pack. You know. Yeah, I, definitely. So, I no longer have any Colonel Mustafa's until I find more and just go down this wheel wheelhouse or this road all over again next week or whatever.
0: So, I love these stories of you and your wheelings and dealings.
1: <laughs> okay. uh,
0: one. And then two, uh, it's fucking Colonel Mustafa. Yeah? <laughs> you know what no. I mean? Like, it's not even, like, a good character. It's, like, Iron Sheik at his worst. And then three... It's not even a good-looking figure. No, not at all. So what it's, the fuck, man? Like, why, why, why are people going nuts over
1: this figure? It's perceived scarcity. You know, it's like, hey, I know they exist because I've seen them on eBay or I've seen them in the major pod group, but I haven't seen it at a store. Therefore, I'll never see it at a store. So I need to go crazy for it, you know? And... You know, some store exclusives are harder to find than others, but, you know, it's, like I said before, it's not an AEW chase. You know, it's not going to be this $300, $400 figure. You know, the ceiling on this is like $30, $40. Bucks, you know, eventually everybody that wants one is going to have one, and then you're going to go to the store, and it's going to be like the John Cena Legends figure that that is everywhere, or the uh, Bobby the Brain Heenan weasel suit. You know, I remember when I got that weasel suit Heenan, I was like, holy shit, I had only heard about this, and I finally found one. I grabbed it as fast as possible. And now you can like line your apartment walls with them, you know, if you go to your local target. So uh it's just perceived scarcity. You know, people think that they'll never get one and they're willing to overpay for it, you know?
0: Well, I was at my local target this past Saturday and uh a lot of basics, a lot of basics.
1: Yeah. Did you get yourself a Chelsea basic? No, they're well, not
0: even that set. It was like maybe like two sets prior.
1: Oh, poor Chelsea. All right. <laughs> poor
0: Chelsea indeed. Um, but no, I, I just love hearing you getting so deep involved in Toy Boy doll <laughs> safari culture. This is why I'm not built for this sort of thing. I'm the pre-order guy. I see it's available. I'll order it. So I guarantee I get it. So I don't have to fight lines and. Make these, you know, backroom deals with shady characters <laughs> in the hopes that I get my figure. And I know and the cactus is coming soon. The cactus is supposed to ship in August. And I've been seeing pictures, uh, people posting pictures, like, what the box and, like, Lucy, like, what it all comes with. Yeah. And it comes with, uh, like, the ECW, like, interview banner.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, still not going to open it because Mint in Box, to to take a phrase from uh, Marcus over on uh, Final Wrestling Place, uh, being a Mint in B- Box collector, you could always become a Lucy collector. But if you're a Lucy collector, you can't put them back in the box. Yeah,
1: yeah very good point, he made. And
0: the, they've been making the boxes a lot cooler um, and even though all the stuff that comes with Cactus, again, if I was a different person at a different time and a different whatever, I'd be like, no, mm, I'll order two, one to open, one to whatever. Uh, but unless you're friends and family like that, I know you and have known you for a very long time. I'll buy one of your figure under protest. <laughs> uh, fr- friend and family, I'll open the second one, even though I know that maybe your cut of the deal uh, isn't as good as some other people's cut of the deal. Uh, but I'll still do it just to have the one Lucy, you know? yeah um
1: and, and that's will, it.
0: that's all your purchases.
1: that's all the purchases for this week, but I will throw out the tease Joe um I recently as as some people know i hit the I hit the pay window, so I've been on uh, negotiating some stuff behind closed doors and uh I think that next week's weekly purchases might not be a quantity thing, but it might be a quality thing It might be some big boy purchases in next week's weekly purchases so stay tuned.
0: Now am I gonna have to now whatever the item is that you purchase, this this quality item that you purchase, am I gonna have to guess how
1: many good sniffs are
0: left in it? Or
1: <laughs> no no, not nothing one of one. Nothing one not that big boy of a purchase, but oh, just okay. uh, you know, not we're not talking twenty dollar figs off the rack either. So how gonna...
0: many Alexa Bliss cameos are you gonna buy?
1: <laughs> no, I'm waiting for somebody to buy that for my birthday.
0: Uh-huh.
1: <laughs> if everybody that listens to this show just chips in like 50 cents a dollar i don't know i don't know how many i'm sure we have millions of listeners so if everybody just chips in like a penny we'd get there i
0: don't know Mil- uh, minimum millions
1: definitely. Yes. <laughs> but no we'll, we'll see what i uh i am able to negotiate uh and we'll revisit this next week
0: uh-huh
1: that's all so, I yeah got. i
0: think i think that's
1: it yeah
0: All right, look at that. A a short show for us, I'd say. An extended weekly purchases, just because Adam had his uh, Colonel Mustafa adventures. (laughs) Mustafa opportunity. Mustafa opportunity, that's right. Uh, (laughs) So, uh, for Adam, this is Joe, saying thank you very much for listening to episode 152 of At Odds With Wrestling. Uh, Be safe, everyone, and enjoy some rest.